Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show. Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Hey, Lauren, how's it going today? It's going all right, Kara. How are you? You know. Good now, because I'm going <laughs> to time to drink some beer. Spend some time with yes. you, and we're going to drink one of our favorite beer styles tonight: mm-hmm. barley wine. Yes, um, which does cover a lot of ground, but the <laughs> handful that we've selected, I think, are going to cover our bases on that. Um, and yes. I'm very, very excited to get the ball rolling and uh, also touch on a subject that <laughs> I wish I could say was near and dear to my heart but honestly I like almost feel nothing about it but, but others do <laughs> so many people feel so strongly about it so we'll get there yes um but before we do let's have a taste of foreign exchange evolutionary state yes. which is an English barley wine mm-hmm. with maple mm. smells fantastic it smells like it smells it's like, like syrup and like, yeah, <laughs> it's like a plate of pancakes with syrup mm, all over them. Yes. It just smells amazing. It really does. Okay. This is the first time I've had this. Mm. You have had it, but this is the first time. I've had some. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's really This is good. a fa- really good barley wine. It's Look, it's got a great color. It's just like that beautiful brown mm-hmm. coppery. I mean, it almost looks like maple syrup, yeah, right? It's I like mean, a mahogany brown almost yeah Yeah. (laughs) which is almost the perfect word to describe this beer because it's so rich Mm -hmm. and it's got just the right color it's a beautiful looking beer it's got just a touch of the carbonation it's like just right in that respect like and it's a classic still got classic Mm -hmm. barley wine flavor um just with, with some added extra you know I could sit, I could, this could be dangerous. I could sit and drink a lot of this. I I mean, I can tell you that I'm comfortable with that idea. Yes. Yeah. Just great. Mm. It's just a great barley wine. I mean, you know, I know we, we talk about foreign exchange a Mm -hmm. lot. um, And it's sort of because we know the owner of the brewery and we've connected with him on occasion, including doing an episode with him. Yeah. But also he's just really, the brewery is just really doing very very well in my opinion with consistency with putting out beers that you know are trending and popular mm-hmm. and also have a, a nice personal touch you know i mean when you drink some of the other beers that foreign exchange has put out it's just such a pleasure to see like they you know an orange milkshake that still everything. has some hoppiness yes. to it yeah and a barley wine like this that has that warm maple flavor added to it that just really balances out what could be kind of a strong alcohol yeah. flavor yeah no this is this is really good yeah i agree foreign exchange has been doing a great job of a variety of different beer types they haven't pigeonholed themselves into one one style which i think is great so mm-hmm. um and i think they've done a great job with this one so i yeah. i really enjoy this i mean i like barley wines anyways but 
This this is this a very is good example man. of yeah. it's a killer barley mm-hmm. wine. Ooh. I'm really looking mm. forward to the possibility of a barrel aged version of it. Yes. I, it. It's just gonna take it up <laughs> one just more step one level. more notch. Go turn it up to eleven. Yeah, and that <laughs> won't be the alcohol percent. It'll be even higher than that. <laughs> That's true. Which is very exciting. Yeah. So yeah. So we are drinking a few beers tonight. Um, all barley wine. So yeah, we so to... this is different than yeah. usual for us. So instead of, we were kind of like, oh, what brewery do we want to look yeah. at and what do we want to talk about? And we, we usually do the topic and the brewery kind of yes. hand in hand yes. in our conversation in prep. And I was just like, you know, we talked a few weeks back about bringing in some barley wines mm-hmm. and there's a couple good ones Yeah, they're available. out right now. Yep. And um, why don't we just do a barley wine episode? Perfect. And I like it. worked out because we both basically already had the barley yes, wines we did. in our fridge. Yeah. So this was not even a go to the store and have to do anything. Right. Um, you know, but I, I did actually run to a b- bottle shop today and I was looking for other barley wines and they really didn't have many No, that's right what my now. husband said. So, I asked him for suggestions yeah. yesterday mm-hmm. um, with the possible intentions of either going last night to sure. a liquor store or going on my way home today mm-hmm. and uh he was sort of yeah. didn't really have much to say yeah yeah it's you know it's really good and the people that do it do a really good job but i feel like a lot of places haven't ventured into the barley wines or if they do they're gone very quickly yeah so. i wonder if that <laughs> i wonder if that has to do with the complexity of mm-hmm. brewing i i don't know yeah. enough about brewing to speak to that but i wonder if it has to do with that could you know? be yeah i i that or a time I, issue maybe barley wines take longer they do they age a little bit longer okay. so um well let's talk a little bit about barley wine just to yeah. start so so um, since we're talking about three different breweries, we're not going to really touch on them. And I think we've actually talked about most of these breweries. But anyways, so barley wine, um, some historians say it dates as far back as ancient Greece. So oh. there was an Athenian mercenary, which I'm sure I'll get his name wrong, Xenophon, Xenophon um, who went on, you know, he traveled. And in uh, one of his records, he described beer a beer he encountered on his journeys and i'm not going to even try and pronounce the greek words for it but it literally translates to barley wine oh so well that's the first kind of mention of this you know barley wine um could be long long ago um but originally the kind of barley wine we think of originated back in england um around the 18th century brewers started um, you know, producing small quantities of this because I think it is a relatively complex or long um, brewing process. And but they would do it for like commemorating something, an event or okay. something like that, or often a season. Back then, they didn't have a lot of refrigeration options, so they did it October through you know February, um, things okay. like that. So it was a seasonal thing. Um, in England, they were also sometimes referred to just as old ales because they were aged. Okay. Uh, in Scotland, they were called Scotch ales or wee heavies, uh-huh, <laughs> which yes. I really like. I've heard that um, description. I love that. I yeah. really like that. So, um, yeah, you know, some people, there's not necessarily 100% proof of why it's called barley wine. Um, some people say that even it's because it was made from barley, but it approached al- alcohol levels of wine. So, uh-huh. um, okay. so, so that's the other one is characteristics are that there's a long aging process in wooden casks 
much similar to wine. Um, so okay. a couple of characteristics huh. similar to wine, but still made from barley. So some people say that's, you know, that kind of thrown together is, is why. Um, so the first commercially produced barley wine was actually by Bass & Co. in 1903. Um, but they in 2006, they actually found a like vintage I don't know, some sort of collection of ales. Um, and they discovered a version of Bass's number, the first barley wine, brewed for some special occasion, but it was in 1869. Wow. So that was deemed the oldest drinkable beer found. <laughs> the oldest that's drinkable so cool. right beer. sure yes <laughs> so that's the key there is drinkable um anchor brewing company introduced the the first barley wine to the united states in 1976 um sierra nevada actually was the second in 1983 huh. and obviously many many other places after that um so we're gonna drink uh three beers but two different styles so there's an american barley wine which is a little bit hoppier a little more bitter um and then the English style, which tends to be a little less bitter, kind of more a variety of complexity and colors, a little bit darker, um, kind of those browns or red to gold, a wide range of different colors depending on which barley wine you're drinking. Right. So, so we have our first yeah. is an English barley wine. Correct. So yes, yes. I totally mm-hmm. see exactly what you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. So anyways, a little a little bit about barley wines there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Still like it. <laughs> it's still good. It's still very good. One of the things I like about barley wine is, um, you know, sometimes when you drink beer, there's a temperature, this optimal mm. temperature to drink often beer. Often there is, I yeah, feel Yeah, sometimes like, yeah. is really not a, the proper word. You're right. Yeah. Very often there mm-hmm. is what is considered an enjoyable temperature mm-hmm. to drink beer. I feel like barley wine I enjoy at a pretty wide range of temperature, personally. Yeah, no, um, I can I can see that. You know, there's some beers that taste different also. So, like, one of the most recent um, ones that I feel like has a wide range, whether you drink it really cold or, like, warm, is the fog version of BCBS, the Earl Grey. Oh, okay. So when it's I never cold... It's almost like a sweet tea flavor, but when it's warm, you get really more of that like breakfast tea flavoring. Oh, so it's a very a varied range, cold to warm. I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but to me that ta- the the flavors definitely change That's significantly. That's really interesting. Um, I, once it I warms up, feel like for me with barley mm-hmm. wine, what happens is. Your initial taste where maybe it's a bit cooler, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I stored this beer at 48 degrees, which is a smidge warm Mm -hmm. for most beer, but But I I kind of prefer beer a little bit warmer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really like it even at the initial taste. It's Mm -hmm. got a little, still a little bit of that crisp cold without being ice cold. Yes. Um, And then as it warms up, you know, you just get more of that like rich... Um, sweet flavor yeah. from it and it's still just like even when it gets up to like 55 60 degrees it starts to really warm up like I feel like it still just 
I still just enjoy it very, very much. Yeah, so I like it, it's a, it. Yeah, it's that's good something for me with across the different um, temperatures. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think this is incredibly smooth drinking, though. Yeah. So we're starting. Well, and with that I think is probably part of the reason is that yeah. you know when you're drinking like an IPA, for example, they taste really good cold, cold. Yeah. and even a little bit warmer they're pretty good but you reach but kind of a maximum like room temperature because yeah. yeah eventually mm-hmm. when they get room temperature for me it's like now it's yeah. kind of like milky sour yeah, no. flavor I and like agree. it's not bad hey man you know i no, love yeah, ipas yeah. but like it just kind of has a maximum yeah, a maximum temperature yeah. i would think that's probably you know and i i kind of feel the opposite about some stouts in that I don't like them cold. I feel yeah. like they give more body and they're more to their true flavors when they're left out to warm yeah. up a little bit. So I mean, depends on the beer. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, this one kind of goes the spectrum. I think so, <laughs> so. which is what makes it <laughs> so awesome. Exactly. Right? I agree. <laughs> yeah. So. Just to say, kind of add to what you were saying mm-hmm. about stouts, a lot of times when I open a stout, just in case someone's looking for stout strategy. <laughs> um, what I like to do is, whether it's a can or a bottle, if I'm sharing it with somebody, mm-hmm. is I like to pour mm-hmm. a little bit into a glass and let it sit for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. If it's come straight out of the fridge. Sure, sure. A lot of yeah. times if my husband and I agree like we're going to split something, take, yeah. we'll like take it out mm-hmm. and then go do like bedtime with the kids and let and it then, sit for about 15 minutes yeah. and then, or an hour and a half. And then <laughs> on the come night. down... <laughs> And open the beer, which even an hour later still tastes awesome. Yes. Um, you can't do that with an IPA, though. I feel like that, that would be is, no, yes. not. That has to go back into the fridge and you have to drink something else. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> but, yeah. No, that's a good that's a, a good thing with, uh, with stouts. But back to barley wines. All right. Let's open our second one, and then we'll talk about a different topic for this evening. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is Miskatonic, a collaboration with Skeleton Key. Two really great uh, southwest or western southwest suburb breweries. Um, Your Dungeon or Mine. So this is a barley wine, ABV 9.7. So mid-range for for barley wines. Barley wines tend to have ABVs that are relatively high. Yeah, I think Evolutionary State is like 10-ish, I think. Whoop. Whoop. We're continuing the tradition of pouring a lot of foam into glasses yeah (laughs) but it's 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 going to completely so this is also an english style barley wine but but much lighter in color much lighter much lighter at glance you wouldn't guess they were the same beer Mm -mm, style no there's Um, a wide variety and even aroma is you know, but the uh, the first one had a lot of that maple, a brown sugar type. Absolutely, of flavor. I think that so, that is yeah. a very strong flavor in evolutionary mm-hmm. state. So I feel like yes. while I really, really like this beer mm-hmm. in terms of a barley wine, it's got a lot of other things going on as well. Yeah. So like yeah. this beer from Skeleton Key and Miskatonic mm-hmm. is very like straight up yeah barley standard wine. barley wine. Yeah. But, so it's still got. Totally different flavor. Right? Totally different flavor, but still that core barley wine kind of taste. It's got, you know, a richness to it. 
um, for sure. It's almost kind of malty. Yeah, I was um, going to say, it's got, it's almost like the ESB. Like, remember mm, ESBs? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's got like that malty, it's got a yeah. little bitterness in it. A little and it's, bit, yeah. It's, but it's got that really rich, deep flavor. Yes. So this is like a totally different angle. Yeah. On a very on, on, on the same style, a similar beer yeah. style, yeah. Um, and it just kind of comes from a totally different place. I think it's really good. I like yeah, the I like flavor. this too. It's got a really strong flavor, which I find really enjoyable. For me, sometimes, especially because we drink so much beer. When yes. you drink enough beer that's kind of all the same flavor, like I keep bringing up IPAs, but like if you drink yeah. two or three different IPAs in a night, by the time you get to the third one, your palate's just kind of like, yeah. I don't I've know I've done what's this. Happening. I'm done. Yeah. But with this, I mean, like we went totally from a different. barley wine to a the barley wine. wine. Completely different and flavor profile. they are profile. just like on opposite sides mm-hmm. of the spectrum with flavor. Mm. Um yeah, that one tastes like breakfast. This one's kind of like lunchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe our third one will be dinner. Perhaps, I think it will perhaps. be. Perhaps. That's the American. I think it will be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is good, though. It still has a smoothness to it. Like, it's obviously not um, as sweet as the first one, but it's still very smooth tasting to me. So, yeah. um, you know, it's not, you can tell it's an English style. It's not super hoppy. It's not very bitter. You have a little bit of that to it but it's not it's not doesn't have a huge bite to it it's much smoother than something that has that um you know extra happiness right well and i think that the bitter what comes off as a slight bitterness in this Mm -hmm. beer is is probably more kind of just like the heat from the alcohol Mm -hmm. yeah Um, a little bit of burn because yeah because even in the aftertaste you get just a little bit of that alcohol burn Mm kind of coating the back of your throat um as you drink it and i think it's more that than maybe actually, like I said, I don't maybe think it's, a smidge. It's not real bitter, happy but yeah, that's at all. And no, it's maybe a little bit of a little word. bit of burn, a little bit. Yeah, this is good though. But I like that it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Barley wine has such a spectrum, which is kind of great. You know, when you drink an IPA, you drink an IPA, and for the most part, if it's just an IPA, not just. I mean, like I like IPAs, but you can tell like we were the other day you know we can smell an ipa like you know exactly what you're getting even just in the aroma because it's distinctive these both barley wines both english style barley wines smell taste look still dif- you know differentiated to the average person if you presented them with these two beers mm-hmm. they wouldn't believe that they mm-hmm. were the same beer style yes their similarities are almost non-existent yeah um only in the nuance. Yeah, probably in the brewing process well, sure, is definitely. really where yeah. you're going to get it from. But I really enjoy both of these, honestly, in just different different ways. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy Good. with our choices. So all right. Speaking of a wide variety <laughs> of flavors, all-encompassing barley wine, I think that our topic is presents a very wide variety of opinions um for sure so without keeping people in the dark any longer lauren and i were inspired by facebook posts that we see quite <laughs> regularly in this yes. craft chicago craft beer group that we're in where there there seems to be a constant debate over dogs at breweries <laughs> slash children mm-hmm. at breweries and at times 
it appears that there is some kind of competition between the two groups yes. um, that goes on. Mm-hmm. So when I said earlier that I feel nothing about this topic, the reason is because in general, I don't really have an opinion on whether or not dogs should be at a brewery or whether or not children should be at a brewery. Now, yeah. I have thoughts on the arguments that people make sure, about sure. it. Yeah. So, for example, <laughs> one of my thoughts is it kind of boggles my mind that people wonder or want to bring their dog to a brewery when you would never bring your dog to a restaurant or a bar in general and so like i find it interesting that there are people who are like can i bring my dog there and everyone's just not sort of like well it is a place to drink beer so i'm not exactly sure why you would but but it's outside so i guess so i mean like can you bring your dog to your kid's t-ball game well yeah probably that's fine (laughs) because it's outside but you know it's not like there's anything for the dog to do there. True. Which is the other kind of argument, argument. that I have against, if you want to call it against sure, dogs sure. going to breweries. But it is the same argument that people make about children is that Why it's not really yeah. for them. There's It's yeah. beer. Like, what are children even going to do there? And same with dogs. What are they going to eat or drink? It's it's for adult yes, humans. adults over 21 drinking alcohol. Yeah, no, you know... <laughs> In a lot of ways, dog people who don't have kids treat their dogs like kids. People who have children but don't have dogs, obviously, they're their children. But it's interesting how they fight. I've seen people argue the same point, but on the opposite side. Well, exactly. (laughs) I guess what really confuses me is how you can argue for having a dog at a brewery and then in the same argument try to make the point that children are should not yes. be welcome when the reasons for ignoring both categories mm-hmm. are very similar like in addition to the like there's not really a reason for them sure. to come people always bring up like well you know what if they're like making a mess or creating a ruckus sure or being what disruptive? if they're running around or barking or yelling you can make the same argument for a dog and kid right like essentially <laughs> disturbing other customers yeah, right for sure There are many occasions where that could potentially happen at any place with a Mm -hmm. child or a dog. Yeah, either. And you can argue the same thing at a brewery. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just observe that what's the difference? Either either Either. make it so that none are welcome or make it so that all are welcome Yeah, if that's your inclination. And the one thing I will say about dogs is that you as a dog owner can leave – your dog at home yes. <laughs> by itself. True. You cannot but do that with children. They frown Not under upon, 14, at least, legally. Yeah, so. <laughs> they frown upon you doing that with your two-year-old child. Yeah, but your two-year-old golden retriever can stay home. could probably survive. They might wreck your house, but they can probably survive without you for two hours while you're at a brewery. Yeah, true. Your two-year-old child, you know, arguably cannot. Not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And then I feel like, well, you know, it's in the brewery's best interest to welcome children because if they say, hey, it's okay for you to come on a Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. and bring your kids and have a beer and eat food from the food truck and yeah. play the pile of board games that we have provided. Yes. 
Uh, Why do you have Mario checkers if you're not going to, if you don't want kids to come play? Let me tell you a secret. (laughs) I don't go to the brewery to play Mario chess. Okay. I, sorry. I don't care that it's there. Yeah. Agreed. But if I brought my children, I would be glad that it was there because they would love that. Mm -hmm. Why did they put it there if they didn't? think it was okay yes. for me to bring my kids <laughs> so yeah no I I, I I definitely get the argument you know I actually am somewhat for and understand I don't have a dog I don't have any pets I only have three children um but I get and I've been with people and I've been friends with people that do bring their dogs places you know there's a lot of restaurants especially spring through fall that have outdoor seating and some even cater to to dogs like a kid they have a menu or they have a dog bowl or they have things that you know they welcome pets so i get it like it's you know sometimes it's nice to take your dog for a walk especially if you're in the city and be able to stop somewhere so that to me is a fine argument to let them but it works the same with children you're right i feel like any argument for one could probably be used for the other right and any argument against one can probably be used for the other. So to me, like, I feel like people who don't have kids often don't want to be around kids. And sometimes that argument is, I have to watch what I say or what I do or any of that, which I don't think is true at all. Because I'll take my kids to a baseball game and the people next to me might be swearing, might be whatever, might be drunk. I have no idea. But it's my responsibility as a parent to teach them. It's not your responsibility as a patron who's not directly with me no so i don't feel like that's a good argument because i don't expect that i never expect anyone restaurant game anywhere to censor themselves based off of who's around us so you know oh there's three kids i've got to watch my mouth i mean it'd be nice but i don't expect it no at all so and and as a parent you have the option to walk away from that. Yeah, you can you can get leave. up and leave. Sure. Yeah. You can say something to somebody if they're being downright inappropriate. Sure. Yeah. Um but my argument would be that it would have to be at the level that like the average person is bothered exactly. by it. If yeah. it's not that then I don't really, 100%. I don't know. Yeah. I don't need you to stop dropping F bombs because my right. kids are sitting here. Yeah. Nine times out of ten they're not listening to right. you. They're anyway. not even paying attention. And if they hear you drop an F bomb, well, you know what? My kids go to public school. Yeah. They've, They've heard, heard it already. The F this word. is not this is not the first time and also they know frankly, our children hear swears they know not to say them yeah like, we've taught curse, them and they've heard yeah and they've swears. heard it a bunch of times so i don't but i have i have seen that argument raised well i'm going out i don't want to have to censor myself because there's children around. okay don't great i i'm not worried about that you know so that's not to me a good argument you know so i feel like the people arguing are either they don't have kids so they don't want to be around or they do have kids and they don't want to be around <laughs> right which so, is fair i mean yeah. but as a parent who's gone out without my kids mm-hmm. my general feeling about other children being around is i really don't care i really yeah. don't have a problem with it i'm not responsible for your child no and that is the whole point yes as long as i don't have to worry about cutting up their food which we really don't have to do anymore but like feeding them or making sure they don't spill anything or whatever no i i will say that either dog or kid if they're being disruptive it is the owner slash parent's job to leave or to take care I, of the situation. That was going to be kind of my last so, point was yeah. that 
there are parents who are not handling their children yes. properly in public settings. And there mm-hmm. are dog owners that don't handle their pets mm-hmm. properly in Both. public settings. Yeah. If your kid is over in my face at a oh, separate yeah. table, yuckada yuckada yeah. chatting me That's up and okay. getting in my face <laughs> and bugging me, or your dog mm-hmm. is trying to jump on my lap yeah. while I am Either eating or. my food. Those are both behaviors mm-hmm. that the owner slash parent need to take responsibility Agreed. for. Yes, completely. That is the one counterpoint that I, cl- I definitely 100% agree mm-hmm. with. But like we keep saying, you can make that argument about both yes, sections exactly. of society here. <laughs> Kids and dogs are both capable of acting inappropriately. Yes, yes exactly. And it's all on the person responsible mm-hmm. for them to handle that situation the right way. Yeah. I would think that honestly a lot of people who are against having children in breweries likely experienced something like that because I've experienced times we've experienced times when there's kids screaming somewhere next to us and even our kids will be like why is that kid yelling? Like our children don't even like it. No. So, no. But so I will say that unfortunately you see more children in breweries than dogs because most of them are a lot of them especially right now are inside and we haven't maybe in the past year not so much cuz everything was outside but mm-hmm. generally speaking you do see more kids in breweries than dogs. So the odds that you have run into a rude kid are relatively good. <laughs> I mean, in comparison, for sure. In comparison, yeah. But in general, yeah, sure, of course it's possible. By definition, any of them could be good or bad. Like, there could be a dog sitting under the table who doesn't make a sound, and I could care less. Right. Just like if there's a kid at the next table who's coloring quietly and doesn't make a sound, also could care less. Right. So, to me, and I mean, partially that is that I have kids, so I do like being able to go places with mm-hmm. my kids. I you know, I will pick and choose though. There's certain tap rooms that I wouldn't take them to because they're small or they're all high top tables that are fit two people. You know, sure. like so, you know, there's there's some decision making that has to go into something like that. Like more is a restaurant. So you can I think always take a kid if it's a full restaurant who happens to serve beer. But, you know, we've been to, we went to Oswego Brewing with the kids and that place is pretty big. So I don't feel like we're taking up space from somebody else who would want it, you know, but some of the smaller ones I could see where, you know, if you've got four kids sitting at a table, it might be frustrating to people that there's not space. Well, so. we, if you recall, we took the kids to Metal Monkey, mm-hmm. the time where we actually sat inside. Yes, yes. And it was kind of tight. Yeah. And we, I mean, we kind of went into a corner and we kind of mm-hmm. squeezed the kids in. We, I'm sure we pulled a chair from yeah. another table yeah. to do that. And they only have like five tables in that yeah, space. It's pretty small. It's pretty small. Yeah. So, I mean, we were there early in the day yeah, on a wasn't... weekend and it wasn't packed full. Right. But I could understand Mm -hmm. you being a little frustrated if you walk in and a place like that is full of kids and there's nowhere to sit down. Yeah, that's that's my only point is depending on where maybe be tactful about, you know, where you go. And if it's a busy time of day, if it's for a release day or something like I wouldn't bring my kids to that. Leave them in the minivan. Right. Like we did. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. We put on a movie and they sat in the minivan and we we went and got our beer. Drank in the parking lot. We totally did. We have pictures to prove it. It was fantastic. I missed that. (laughs) We could we could have been doing that all along. Why weren't we doing that this whole time? Totally been doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, we've we've got twenty twenty one. So we'll we'll get back on that. 
Yes, we will write this wrong. We will make up for lost yes, time. Excellent. So, yeah, so I don't care one way or the other. I think they should be relatively, the argument is the same to me. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. You know, the partially legally, if you have food, you can't have a dog in a, in a tap room. So, any okay. place that has food, um, you can't have them indoors. So, that's a Department of Health thing. Sure. Um, well, so, that's, that's, a, that's a no issue there. There's a lot of tap rooms that don't have food. So I'm not sure what the rules are for indoor because I've been to breweries where dogs are inside. I have as well. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, like what the rules are, or if they skate the rules, or if it's by county. No idea. But again, if your kid or your dog is quiet and leaving me alone to drink my own beer, do what you will. Right. <laughs> so that's that's where I stand on the issue. <laughs> I support. I 100% agree with you. I think we're on the same page. That we kind of, kind of nothing this this idea, I, but yes. also find it very intriguing to hear people argue the point one way or the other. I think it is entertaining for sure, especially because people will then be like, "Well, you could just substitute kid for dog in that sentence," and it makes the same argument. Yeah. So maybe the next time it comes up in the craft beer group, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take their <laughs> sentence and I'm gonna take out the word Whichever that identifies the group. Yeah. And I'm going to put in the other word mm-hmm. and I'm going to reply to every comment <laughs> with that. Yes. And we'll see how that goes over. Sounds good. All right. We are going to open our last barley wine of the nights. Yes. So three this Floyds. is three Floyds, which we have not visited yet. No, have we, did we do zombie dust one time? We did, but, but it was just our like, first it was our beer. first. Yeah. That was the first beer. Yes. Episode. We have not touched on. Which um, I'm sure we will at some point. We were holding out because mm. David, mm. our tattoo mm-hmm. guy, was considering oh, joining yes, us, yes, yes. and he wanted to drink three Floyds. So, which we still might do at yes, some point. We, we could, that's not ruled out. Yes. So we may kind of All keep right. saving them okay. and make just a short visit with them today mm-hmm. um, and drink a barrel aged behemoth, which is a barley wine, and this is an American. This is an American. So we should get a little bit more bitterness flavor. Um, I got to take a quick sip of water. Go ahead and take a drink if you're yeah. ready. And I will um, the tell smell. you my thoughts. Cleanse the palate a Yeah. Bit. I still got a little bit of that your dungeon or mine going on there. Man, smelling the aroma of one to the other is like... I mean, right? Night and day. I will say that smell... Um, B.A. Behemoth smells more like what I remember a barley wine to smell like. Me too. I was going to say exactly that. These other two, which I had had before tonight, Mm -hmm. um, when I smelled them, the first time I had them, I was just like, oh, this is a barley wine? Like, for an exchange, because obviously it's got adjuncts in it, it, those kind of take over. Mm -hmm. Um, But even your dungeon or mine, like the smell, I was just kind of like, "Huh, what, what's going on here? This is yeah, uh, different. different, you know." But this is what my brain remembers as a barley wine is this BA Behemoth. So this is also a barrel aged barley wine, which is going to differentiate yeah. it from the other two as well. Yeah, it, this I will say the smell and the taste to me it initially is like this is what barley wine in my head yeah i remember so maybe maybe the barley wines i've had more of are american style and i don't I even think know probably it you have i think that that's yeah. more common in general um 
because this is, you know, also what I connect with when well, I think of barley wine. Yes. I think of this beer, which is dinner totally, by the way, yes, right? totally. Breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner. This yeah. is exactly the right this order is, to drink them this in. This is like you're having, like, veal with... Yes. Maybe like a marsala like a or like a meat of some sort. Yeah. yeah, with like a gravy-ish esque like yeah. sauce to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. This is totally dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I like lunch it. and dinner. Breakfast, well, lunch and dinner. write that's, that down. That's the that's, that's the, <laughs> right. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> We've got it. We've got a full yeah. <laughs> I like it. So um, yeah, this is though. I'm trying to think of other barley wines I've had. You that know, are American barley yeah, wines? Yeah, American. They must be. Literally, the, the ones I that I Central drink. I think Central Waters barley wine is an American. Okay. Um, it is. I'm looking it up right now. I was going to say, I was going to look American that up. American barley wines. But I think Central Waters barley so, wine. Which side, we've had. Yeah, which we've had. Um, so this, the yeah, barrel-aged behemoth is American. Central Waters, which we've had, is American. So it makes sense that it's... Um, what else... I haven't had most of these, so there's oh. quite a... Uh, Boulevard makes one. Okay. Uh, Central Waters makes a couple. Revolution's Mineshaft. Sh- mine yeah. Oh, I have that. That's an American, that well. too. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a barley wine. Neither it's been a did while I since I've had until it. I've, like, looking through this. Um, yeah, and then there's a, there's a bunch that are not local to us, so, you know, the, the odds of us... Having it wouldn't be as much. Uh, Bell's makes an American. So there's quite a okay. few of Spiteful makes one. I mean, there's Lagunitas Old Gnarly Wine is an American. Oh, yeah. So Oh, that reminds me. I have mm-hmm. to grab our special Ooh, guest star. Yes, our special so guest. So you distract everyone right, for 10 seconds while I <laughs> trip and fall on my way to the Okay, country. try not to trip and fall. Okay. There's, yeah. You know, Treehouse makes a couple. I feel like I really... That's, we, we have to replan our road trip um, beer-cation at some point and plan out where we want to go. So I'm heading to North Carolina twice in the next month. So I will be around the Raleigh slash Wilmington area. If anyone has any suggestions on breweries to go visit while I am out on the East Coast... Please do share because I would love some suggestions. I would support that. And I will also obsessively research breweries in the area so that I can. Yeah, I'm checking luggage. For a specific so, uh, yeah. So we are going to drink <laughs> something that I've been saving um, for the podcast. Yes. And it was in my aging fridge, which I had to run and go get while Lauren well, shared her vacation. cool trip plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I have, from Lagunitas, I have a brown sugar from November of 2016. Mm-hmm. I put tape on it so I would know the date. Yes. Um, there's some discussion online about cellaring this beer and that it becomes very barley wine-like oh. when you do it. Interesting. So I've been saving it with the intention, actually, of doing a side-by-side with a new brown sugar. Oh. But unfortunately, the opportunity just hasn't presented yep. itself in a while. So we might as well uh, So go why for not it. drink it, right? For sure, yeah. I hope you have a relatively clean glass. I do. I finished my uh, 
Your dungeon or mine? That's the one I finished. <laughs> I finished Horn Exchange. Ah, oh, very good. Okay, so let's see what we got. This could be horrifying, so please bear with me. And Lauren, please forgive me if it is. That's okay. We're I've also heard that it's, it can also just taste like kind of a dulled version of brown sugar. So it might just taste like that. Um, I could see the see smell, actually. The I, smell? I could, yeah, I could. You should compare this to Foreign Exchange, side by side. This is what's considered a strong American ale. Okay. So a strong ale is kind of a brother of barley wines, realistically. So it's a little bit lighter. This looks like in color. Kind of like your dungeon or mine, yes. I think. Yes, very similar Maybe to that. Maybe a smidge more coppery. Yeah. It's in between your dungeon and mine and behemoth, frankly. Yeah. But I could see I, so far smells like it a little bit it's very faint compared to the other barley wines i could i can see this isn't bad by the way this is still good <laughs> so 2016 no, is not, good not bad yeah, no i expected to be horrified it's by this not, um yeah no this is still it aged well i think yeah it's a pleasant surprise i could see you know it's it's got a little I mean, it's it's a high ABV. It's got you know kind of that boozy like alcoholy burn a little bit at the end. Um, I could definitely see where, you know, you you could compare the two. You know, I right. think yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I like what it though. What a fun little right experiment. Yeah. This is actually <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty tasty aged as far as I'm concerned. Well, my advice is if. You have a brown sugar in the back of your fridge. Leave it there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a date on mine because it was always my intention to drink it like three or four years later. Yeah. Unfortunately, this one is uh, four and a half years old. Yeah. Almost. Um, which is probably a smidge too long, but I still, still think it tastes bad. great. Yeah, um, this is still good. And I again, I could see where the four of these beers do have similarities in taste. Yes. This so. definitely for me hits like behemoth. Yeah. Like I think the American that these... strong ale. That's pretty yeah. much Yeah. The color is closer in between, but the taste, I would say it's pretty close. I think behemoth the aroma is a little bit is. different, but that's got the barrel aged too to it. But um well, so you, that, see you can a little smell bit the barrel, barrel a yeah, lot in, in the, the behemoth. behemoth. Um so but I would say that this Brown sugar, American strong ale aged, is very similar to an American barley wine. Yeah, so, I think that's yeah experiment surprising uh, but true. Yeah. <laughs> we hypothesized and we tested, and it's like a little science experiment. I love science experiments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a pleasant surprise. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, cool. I'm glad we did I that. I like it. Me too. So yeah, I like barley wines. They're this is. Such a good depiction of how variety, how much variety there is in barley wines, though. None of these taste exactly alike. Or even comparatively to, like, IPA, IPA, IPA. They're going to be much more similar in taste, in palate, in aroma. And these are vastly different, which is really kind of cool to me. Yeah. Um, but totally. all similar in style. So, I like it. Yeah. Exciting. Me too. All right. Well... 
I think that was a productive conversation about breweries and dogs and children and <laughs> barley wine and breakfast and lunch and breakfast, dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All right. And we can conclude <laughs> now. And thank you all for joining us on this journey. Yes, thanks. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week and cheers to you all.